0: Welcome back to Conversations with Leaders, Ask the AWS Strategists. I'm Jake Burns, and I'm joined again by my colleagues, Brian Landerman and Ashit Fashojani. Today, we talk about a new ebook written by our fellow strategist, Miriam McLemore, called the Customer-Centric CIO. Brian, Ashit, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Jake. Hey, Jake. So today, uh, we're discussing a, a new ebook that we've just released um, by our colleague, Miriam McLemore, AWS Enterprise Strategist former corporate CIO at Coca-Cola. And um, we're gonna be talking about some of the themes in that book, Um, assuming both of you guys have read it.
1: Oh, I definitely did. Of course. It was a fantastic read. Great job, Miriam.
0: Yeah, so um, it's great stuff in there and uh, I'm so happy to see this released. Um, Let me just ask, first of all, what do you guys think, what is the definition of being customer-centric? We're talking about a customer-centric CIO. You know, there's customers, there's different definitions of customers, both inside the organization and outside the organization. But in general, what does it mean to be customer centric?
2: Well, it's interesting as we've talked in the past, um, I think my view has changed meaningfully since joining Amazon. But, you know, I think when we were transitioning to agile practices, we rolled out scaled agile framework at, at Cox Automotive. And, and trying to move towards um, you know DevSecOps environment. It's really about understanding the value you're delivering and making sure that you have connectivity to the customer so that you understand if you are, in fact, solving their problem, right? So I think when we talk about a customer-centric CIO, it's, it's very much about enabling the environment for your teams to learn and be connected to their customer and understand their customer problems, both internal and external. Um, but then as the CIO, it's it's also about, well, how do you understand your customers? Are you getting out into the business? Um, I think it's that connectivity that is really important. And I think a lot of our leadership principles at Amazon are designed around um, the customer, certainly, but, but ways to cut through some of that, right? We talk about um, avoiding... Um, essentially barriers between you and the source of the information and diving deep to to really understand what's going on. I think I think that's that's really important. If you're going to be customer-centric, you have to get out and understand your
0: customer. Do you agree with that?
1: Um, I do. I do with some aspects of it. Hey, all of them. Uh, in fact, most of it. Most of it. Um, <laughs> I think for me, uh, one piece where uh, I have personally thought about it a bit differently is... Often CIO's role uh, has customer that is considered more of an internal business stakeholders that you're serving, right, in delivering IT services, uh, especially if you're an enterprise CIO. Uh, And then you have an end customer of uh, whatever the company, the the product, the service uh, that you're delivering. Um, I I think that as a CIO, a customer-centric CIO, um, it's really about, the value that you're delivering to your end customer, even if it is through or via the proxy of what you're doing for other colleagues of yours within the company. I think putting too much emphasis on this relationship of uh, internal customers being sort of the customers rather than colleagues uh, and stakeholders uh, makes it more of a vendor-contractor Buyer relationship with this between the CIO and the business, and so I'm I'm personally not a big fan of defining a CIO role as a service CIO to the internal company stakeholders and the customer quote unquote. Oh,
0: that's an interesting. Can point. I, I disagree one. with that? I, 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 Just I totally I'm. I want I'm to talk about that. it, All right, Brian. You
2: <laughs> no, I mean I think I I totally agree <laughs> with you. With shit, from the perspective of like, it's not that the CIO is there to serve the business right that's that can lead to very bad things bad relationships and and yeah to your point being viewed as a vendor but i i do believe that oftentimes internally you rely on the culture the politics the organizational structure to get things done and when you do that it it is easy to no longer be focused on the value you're delivering, the quality of the solution relative to the problem uh, that your customer is feeling. So I think there has to be a balance there. I, I agree with you in terms of the partnership and the relationship between your stakeholders, but I think most enterprises have over-indexed too much on, well, this is what you get cuz i i you know i i gave it to you and you need to be happy with it it's like well we built it they're not using it that's what do you want me to do like i delivered i think that's i think that's where the difference is in my mind um but but i really appreciate your distinction there
1: yeah and i think the and the other extreme of what you describe Brian is also well we are the business uh and uh, you as IT uh, serve us, so you do what we ask you to do, right? So then, IT becomes right. more of an order taker, and the CIO becomes an order taker. That's right. And I think a customer centric CIO, in my mind, is a leader like all other leaders within the company, serving your customers, and so they have a, a equal stake in the ground, equal voice, uh, equal seat at the table, and and uh, business acumen and uh, Uh, skills to drive that
2: yeah
0: i think this goes kind of back to an earlier conversation we had um where there's no there's no kind of one size fits all solution and you can't copy and paste from someone successful like their exact playbook i feel like a lot of organizations have done that with the um you know it as a service provider model um and i think you, you you've just called out kind of one of the one of the big downsides to doing that is uh you know, the fact that we don't, we're not always on friendly relations with our vendors. It's kind of considered a zero sum game in a lot of respects. You know, we mm-hmm. win, they lose and vice versa. And so I think in my mind, I think that's the biggest danger uh, of doing that. But in general, treating, um, being a customer service organization is a good model.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we, we talked about this in the past, um, you know, amongst ourselves, but it's the idea of, um, you know, is the customer always right? And if the customer is always right, how do you then innovate or invent things that they don't know they want? Um, to Ishit's point about serving the business and and you know being an order taker, it gets very difficult if if you're just taking something versus deeply understanding the problem and finding new ways to solve it. That was one of the things I talked about a ton with our leadership. It's like, look, we're so much closer to the technology and you know what's possible with that technology that we might we might come up with a solution that you haven't thought of so just right. like give us the context let Happily us <laughs> you do. yeah well right <laughs> that's
0: otherwise are you you're not really an expert at this it's not your area of expertise
2: that's right that's know, right you, that's but you that have that to understand it. the problem you have to have the context around you know when is this a problem where is this a problem and and then let us apply the technology in in creative ways to solve it differently and you can't do that if you're an order taker
1: yeah i I think the the in my mind the the question is different right the question that is customer always right isn't really the question right it's it's the uh it's the jeff bezos uh uh, quote from shareholder letter that i think miriam uh, mentions in her book yes uh that customer is always wonderfully and beautifully dissatisfied right? So that's where your opportunity as a customer-centric CIO to innovate. So it is not about right or wrong. It is really about the fact that the customer expectations are constantly changing, and they're always going to be higher, different, better. The services, the product that they expect are going to be faster, cheaper, uh, easier to use. So uh, i think that's where the opportunity to make a difference is uh is, is in that dissatisfaction
0: yeah that's that's a it's, it's the most valuable source of information your business can have is the dissatisfaction your customers have with the with your service or product right and i think there's a there's definitely a difference between the customer's always right and being customer obsessed i would say that they're distinctly different um and i think this is what you were you were talking about brian where the customer might not necessarily know what they want um, or in what form the solution will take, but they know what the problem is, right? That the, the customer sentiment is never wrong. The customer might be wrong about what the solution is, but their sentiment is never wrong. That's always a truth. And it's, it's our job uh, as a customer service organization to invent on their behalf and come up with a solution for them.
2: I think, you know, to your point, it's digging in to understand not necessarily what they're saying, but what they mean, yeah. and 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 why they feel that way, and kind of what's caused it. That's that's the deep understanding of the problem that um, I think customer centric organizations really focus on. Yeah,
1: and I think one point Brian you mentioned, which is uh, as CIOs, uh, getting out right and truly understand uh, who your customer is and how they're using it. I think what happens often with uh, enterprise IT, especially, is that there are proxies that get in between the customer and what IT is doing. Uh, and so, uh, if you are a if you are a media company CIO, right, are you consuming your content uh, in all different platforms in all different ways that your customers is experiencing? Uh, if you are a retail CIO, are you actually getting out and purchasing and experiencing the experience and and really? putting yourself in the shoes of the customer but then also taking a step further and and are you spending enough time with frontline employees uh, who are spending time with your customers and they would do it more than you ever would so i think that part of getting out and and really walking the floor uh, spending time on the shop or the factory or production line or whatever your business is and then truly understanding what that customer wants and customer is doing and how your uh how your stakeholders that you're supporting as a CIO are doing to serve that, uh, I think is such
2: an important part of being customer centric CIO. Yeah. And I think, you know, the way you just describe it to me feels really easy, right? And I think that's an important point is that we don't have to overcomplicate this. I've I've talked to some customers about you know ways for them to gather data, and and I think there's I've heard fears of like putting engineers in front of their customer, you know, but there's ways to do it very easily where you know our sales team's already in front of them, or product management might get in front of them. Like, what's the harm in letting the team listen in? Right, firsthand hear what the customer is saying. It's not necessarily that they have to present or, you know, can you in your mobile app like give people a way to opt in to take a random survey, get asked a question about, you know, their experience. There's pretty easy ways to gather some data directly from your customer without it being this this big burden or something that has to be meaningfully planned and, you know, um, Get out and walk around, right? Go have the casual conversations and hear what the problems are right now. And that's probably better than, I have a you know, monthly check-in to hear about the customer problems, right?
1: Yeah, or I look at a report coming from yeah. my contact center or a customer call center uh, yeah, right. system or whatever.
0: Right. So what, what um, I think you're kind of touching upon this already, but what, what, what is unique about the CIO's um, challenge in regards to being customer centric um specific to that role or CIO or CTO
1: i think one part which we kind of uh, talked about a little bit is the way uh traditional cio's roles got defined it created this proxy layer between cio and the customer right so cio is one of the i would say uh and maybe you know we We are all biased because we kind of uh, have played that role, right? Uh, But I think that is one of that C-level roles where it's a function that got somewhere redefined to be an internal function, an internal service enablement function. And there is nothing wrong with it. But I think to overcome that proxy that got in between the end customer and the CIO, that's one. The second part is that uh, technology itself right, uh, has become, especially with cloud, uh, with AI, with data, uh, with workforce changing, right, um, where there is a significant gap between what people use on their way to work versus what they use when they are at work, right? There is a big gap between your experience of using technology and application while you're commuting to work, when you used to commute, uh, and uh, and once you are at work, right? Um, and so... They, but that is changing now. That is changing with cloud, with AI, with data, with a lot of these services that are available now, where technology is truly at the forefront of how your end customers are experiencing and using your core product. So I think CIO's role uh, has an opportunity to 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 really lead the change.
0: Right, and and to be clear. You're you're saying that the technology they're using at home is better than yes. what they're using yeah. in their enterprise. I think that. Yeah, I mean,
1: and right? yeah. I, Oftentimes. I before before I became the the CTO heading IT, I was the head of uh, uh, enterprise applications, and and one of the things I would ask is, is this a, what we are creating? Is this something that that you would love to use or no? Right. I mean, this isn't about meeting set of requirements right. and. And throwing workflows and forms and systems together, right? Why am I, uh, why do why is my experience as a consumer when I'm interacting with technology so much better than when I'm interacting with technology as an employee of an of an enterprise?
0: Right, and it is getting better. Why do you think that is?
1: I I think one reason that it's getting better is uh number one that you now have access to. Technology, even within the enterprise, right? So the barrier to entry to really create these applications that are extremely customer friendly, um, have beautiful customer experiences, but then they are also powered by AI, machine learning, and data-infused products, which used to be something that looked like you know a uh, a science fiction before, or it was very expensive to do that, right? And now. Enterprises of all sizes have access to that, right? I mean, if you think about it, if you have to build um, a service powered by AI, where let's say it's recognizing set of images that you have, or or reading your text document, you you can simply call you know Amazon Recognition and uh, Text and build an application over a weekend, uh, and they'll give you the same experience as using, say, Prime Photos on your phone as a consumer, where it automatically tags all your photos and images and 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 helps you identify places and people in your life, right? You can actually bring the same capability within your enterprise for your enterprise customers.
2: Well, so Isha, I think what you're talking about is is dead on. And I think it's a big part of why there's a kind of paradigm shift happening with these roles. Right, whether it's CIO or CTO, um, like even uh, Werner Vogels our CTO wrote about uh, back in 2007 on his blog um, all about the different CTO roles. And I remember using that as uh, when we were defining my role, right which uh, you know at, at back at dealer.com and it was the technology visionary and operations manager, um, which is very different. It's a different skill set and it's, you know, oftentimes we see CTO as an infrastructure manager. Um, but there is a different role where the CTO is very much more connected to the customer problem. I think to your point, Isha, the CIO has typically been focused on the internal operations and tooling for the for the business and in general pretty focused on purchasing that software and working with systems integrators or or building out your own kind of system integration capability. A- and now you have, you know, what you're suggesting, which is all of these components that you can bring together and quickly build solutions off of. You now need builders, you know, and you need the ability to quickly test new things and experiment with with those components. And it's a completely different shift. And so the the role of the CIO and and the connectivity of, their team to the business problems you're trying to solve is very different and and how they go about solving those problems is very different. And I think that's why there's such a big shift um, and why becoming customer centric is really important because it's cu- being customer centric, as we've just discussed, is getting out of your seat mm-hmm. and, and understanding your customer, where I think in the past, the CIO and his team has very much been stuck in their seat, let's say. Yeah.
0: I think you just hit upon like the one of the key um, unique challenges of a CIO specifically, which is that they're primarily dealing with internal customers um, when they think of customers, but in reality they have external customers to consider as well. I would say if you're a good CIO, you're considering those as well. And so, as a CIO, how do you balance those two things?
1: I think I think uh, when you talk about balance, I I think it inherently. Implies that maybe there is a conflict, right, uh, between the one or the other. And I, the way I like to think about it is, is that um, if your internal customers, uh, which again, going back to the term, I, I really don't like that term, uh, using internal customer, but let's say your colleagues, right, uh, uh, from other departments who are. Uh, eventually working to serve your customers, their goals and your goals should be aligned and 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 those goals should be around serving your end customer. And so I, if there is a conflict, then I think there is a bigger issue that the CIO has to resolve in terms of getting that buy-in and realignment so that the whole organization is customer focused uh, rather than a trade-off between well, should we be prioritizing X, which benefits us internally, or Y, which benefits other customers externally, right? So I think it comes down to, A, driving that change of culture. Um, And I think CIO is in a unique position to do that uh, because how many other functions within the company uh, has a complete end-to-end view of the whole process, right? Uh, How does the business cycle happen end-to-end? How does data flow end-to-end? How does communication happen end-to-end? How do people collaborate end-to-end? And there are not many functions uh, within the company. Uh, So I think CIO is in a very uh, unique position to have a view of uh, how things actually work inside of a company. And hence, in a position to influence that culture where there isn't a trade-off between internal and external.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. And I don't know if you meant... To, to kind of hint at this, but what I, one of the things I heard as you were talking was this is not, becoming customer centric is not just a CIO problem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, to your point, I, I think you're, you're right. CIOs see the what goes on in the business end to end. But, you know, most of the customer centric examples that I could think of, like the one, one that comes to mind is Zappos that, you know, people talk about how great the experience is and it's that's all customer service right it's not it's not about the products they're building necessarily it's the experience that you get when you're using their products and what they've chosen to build in in terms of the, the customer experience so it's And and how they handle returns and whatever else, it's this whole connected cycle. So the, the silos of I built the product and the product does this, and I support the product. And this is how I support the product and having those things be disconnected also needs to go away. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, as a CIO and as a, you know, a member of, of the CIO team, like you've got to get connected to the other pieces that are going on. and, And part of the product you're delivering is that customer service experience. And, and that needs to come together.
0: Yeah, there's a reason why we call it customer obsession. We don't use that word for no it's reason. True. It it truly has to be an obsession. It has to be pervasive across every single team in the organization for it to be an obsession. For it to work in that format, um, I think that's it's a really interesting point about uh, external versus internal customers and how there really isn't a conflict. And uh, you know, as you as as I'm hearing you guys talk about this, I'm I'm agreeing. You know, I think I kind of knew this before, but I think it's this is a, a new way to think about it, um, in a way, you know, if it's everybody's job in the organization to be customer, uh, focused, and if there is a conflict, then somebody doesn't have that, that's, that's the source of the conflict in essence, you know, this is something that's really, I've learned a lot about since joining Amazon. I'm curious to hear your guys' opinion, um, how your perspectives have changed. You know, I'm sure we all came into this, uh, role, believing we were a customer Focused and customer centered, and maybe even customer obsessed. Uh, I know for myself personally, I feel like I've had to up that game quite a bit um, at my tenure here. So, uh, what about you guys? How have your experience been?
1: Yeah, I think I, I I think it's it's remarkably different, right? I think there are a lot of uh, uh, I to your point, Jake. I I believed I was uh, and I've always been, uh, uh, but I think the way uh, uh, in my my little or one year uh, at Amazon, what I've discovered is that the obsession, to your point, uh, is intentional. It is not focused. It's not something something else. It's obsession, right? And obsession you you don't, you you generally are obsessed about things that you're passionate about, right? And and obsession in some ways means uh, you would prioritize that over everything else, um, and and so. Uh, I think it really means something and i've seen that in action many many times i mean i'll give you uh a simple example which is more of a personal example which i've i've shared a lot of time with uh with my friends uh, after i join uh joined amazon uh so you know we get the we get the unique sort of the i d right uh which becomes our email and login and whatnot and uh my name is long uh eleven characters and so i think it was it was cut off Somewhere in between, like eight or nine or whatever, right? Um, And it's fine, uh, but it just doesn't mean anything. And so, coming from a you know a running IT right (laughs) for a long period of time, my day one is like I I want this change, Uh, (laughs) you know, Uh, and then and then I go to you know uh, internal wiki and read about like what's the process of changing it. And the first thing that it mentioned isn't that oh you can't change it. What it talks about changing this is in some ways, unless it's, of of course, offensive, inappropriate, whatever, right, which it is not, involves a lot of work on a lot of people's part, lost productivity for you and everybody else. And in some ways, it does nothing for our end customer, right? Uh, And so, but it puts the choice in my hand, says, hey, if you still want to do it, we will do it right? But understand that this is vanity, right? It doesn't really do anything to our end customer. It is lost productivity for a bunch of people, including you. Um, and that doesn't help our customer. You still want to do it? Sure, we'll do it, right? Uh, and I think that was a very powerful lesson for me because, I mean, how many times, especially running customer support, right, in an enterprise, Uh, I'm sure we all have made decisions or supported things just because someone somewhere was unhappy about the phone they got or the screen they had or the number they had, you know, uh, uh, internally, right? Which really didn't translate into any value to the customer. So I think that was one very powerful sort of small but powerful lesson in my literally like second day on the job.
2: Yeah, and for, for me... I don't have any great stories like that, but um, I think that, look, the, the role that we're in is significantly different, right? And is very customer focused. So I think it's, it's almost like apples and oranges, my old role to this role. But I think to your point, Amazon is very different. The leadership principle of customer obsession is meaningful. And I can honestly say I feel it every day. That was not the case in my past life, honestly. And I think it's, look, it's easy to get caught up in all the things going on in an enterprise. And it's easy to, you know, especially for me. So I had, you know, four lines of business and over 20 business units. And the business units were out in the market selling something. There wasn't anything at the line of business that we were really selling at that top level. You know, so you have 20 different products out in the market talking to different buyers at the same, you know, at the same customer and and lots of development going on across, you know, 350 scrum teams, like it becomes really difficult to stay connected to the customer in that sort of environment. And so I look back and I'm, there are so much I would go back and do it differently. I was fighting a lot for my teams to be connected. So in that environment, I'm looking at those scrum teams and saying, how do you know that you solved the problem? Are you talking to customers? How do we set things up? How do we give you the, you know, the, the channels or the frameworks to allow you to do that? I was focused there and I certainly met with customers, but I would say even in my role, it wasn't necessarily the priority, right? Just from the business perspective and how we were structured. So I, I it's significantly different now and, and, and how we do it at Amazon. And, um, it's been a, it's been an awesome learning experience for me.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, one of the key things is, uh, again, obsession. It's, it's there for a reason. I mean, obsession means you have to be unreasonable about it as well, which is I think what it takes some people a while to understand. It's like, we're unreasonable about our customer focus. You know, we could have put obsession, uh, after any of the leadership principles, you know, frugality, obsession, think bit of big obsession, but we, we chose to not only put customer obsession, number one, but to use the word obsession Mm. only there. It's a good point. So the way I interpret that is it it really, if there's a conflict between LPs then the customer obsession always, uh, it always wins, right? Because uh, we're expected to be unreasonable about that particular principle. So um, moving on, when we talk about, um, you know, in, in the book, one of the themes that uh, I really enjoyed reading was uh, talking about the uh, how to communicate with people uh, who don't have a technology background and explain IT concepts to them. I feel like that's something that we uh, as a team uh, spend a lot of time focusing on. Curious to hear your guys' uh, take on um, what are the key things to, to consider if you want to be successful uh, articulating these, you know, technology Concepts to non-technology people.
1: I, I think it's such an important topic, and and and, and one of my favorites. Um, uh, you can tell I came from uh, media industry, so I have uh, communication and content creation, and creating uh, better ways to drive information and entertainment was was key. Uh, I feel like we should. It's such an important topic that a lot of really smart capable leaders uh struggle with right even if you have the right intentions uh right ingredients to talk about and and do things that we spoke about in the first half which was around uh how do you become customer centric um i i feel like we should we should spend some more time uh in our next episode really drilling down around communication uh because i think it's just such an important topic i mean lot of what our team, enterprise strategy team does is is actually that, right? is how do you take uh, the value of technology uh, and then translate that and relate that back to the business and the customer value?
2: I completely agree, Ishan. I, I. I think it's worth diving into. Um, it was a big part of getting Cox Automotive on board with our cloud journey on um you know when we we're looking at it, our strategic plan and and trying to understand artificial intelligence and what that could mean and and um there are ways to talk about those things that are are less technical and and more connected to day-to-day life that um i i found you know telling those stories and and making those connections help people understand what we're talking about and, and some of the technical challenges that surround it so that we're we end up having a better dialogue and have a better collective understanding. So lots of lots of great examples. And, and I agree. Let's let's dive in.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of this is one of the most important sections of the ebook, in my opinion, because I think there's so much confusion around it. but It's such an important topic. Some people will say, you know, the technology doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It's really about the, the problems and the solutions and all of that. And, you know, that's that's true to a degree. But it's also true that you can't truly understand the problem and truly understand the solution. If technology is a part of that, and you have no understanding of the technology. So being able as the people who do understand it, and as the people, you know, namely CIO and uh, leaders in it and in technology, it's, it's, it's our jobs to translate both ways, really, right? We need to translate to the teams, to the highly technical people, what the, what, real problem is that we're trying to solve so they don't go off just using technology for technology's sake and you know all the problems that come with that. Um, but we also need to explain um, to the non-technology people, um, whether they be internal or external customers, um, kind of what the technology is and how it works so that we can truly bridge those two worlds. you know another thing she goes into um, is uh, another kind of favorite subject of ours. Uh, and that's, um, how to overcome the forces of inertia that pull people back to the status quo. You know, I, I consider us to be, uh, professional status quo <laughs> fighters. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of one of the ways we, um, we, you know, I look at our job, you could call it disruption, you could call it uh, a number of different things, but, uh, what, what are some of the key things that have worked for you guys, uh, in, in that battle? Uh, against the status quo i'll
2: give you one one quick one um so i I, you know one of the things that we have here at at amazon like most companies is is uh annual planning and even just the view that we take on that when we talk about business as usual um that means or or like a flat plan means take what you have right now and do it more efficiently right so run some experiments um you know automate something think differently about how you're going about your your existing work so that if everything stays the same we get better and even that kind of foundational thinking i i think is is great in helping us avoid status quo you know doing what we've always done because we've always done it and, you know, mechanisms is another thing, our, our complete processes at, at Amazon, where we look at, you know, there's built in inspection process, and you have to capture data around your process to know that you're transforming your inputs to outputs appropriately and efficiently and, and really accomplishing something with your process. It's not just design the process and let it run. And now everybody uses the process because you built it. So those are those are just two quick examples of, you know, ways that we try to avoid getting stuck in the status quo.
1: If if I were to sort of just top of the mind, give you an answer on that, Jake, um, I love one thing that Miriam often talks about, uh, which is move the movables. Um, I think when you're dealing with resistance, right, you often, um, I, I tend to, I mean, I would say, I would just speak for myself. I have I have focused a lot on resistance, right? And And the change really happens or gets momentum when it's the silent majority and you convert that silent majority, right? So you find the champions, right? People who already believe in and are willing to go with it. That's number one. Uh, Number two, we often in some ways spend cycles dealing with blockers. Uh, And it's important. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. But I think we ignore that uh, fence-sitting uh, silent maturity, right? And if we focus the change management effort there, which is what I think she describes as move the movables, um, I think then the momentum that you get is, is just incredible. So I think that's one, uh, very simple thing that has, that has struck with me in, in breaking that inertia.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. There's, there's so much here we could talk about. Maybe we'll, uh, cover it in future episodes. Yeah, let's do that. Um, But I want to thank you guys again for joining me. Uh, This has been another great conversation and I look forward to the next one. Thank you, Jake. Sounds good. Thanks, Jake. To read Miriam's book, The Customer-Centric CIO, visit the AWS Executive Insights website. And remember to submit your questions on the Enterprise Strategy blog or reach out directly to us on LinkedIn. We'll do our best to answer them in future episodes. See you next time.